Welcome, Davide. Good morning. Hi, Steve. Nice to talk to you again. Yeah, it's. I'm really looking forward. After having explored some of your material uh, in the Link Library and then at your channel, uh, mm -hmm. I have so many questions I want to ask you. Uh, but first Great. of all, I should say that I think the work you do is is tremendous. Uh, you cover, you. you know, Italian history, Italian culture, how to learn languages, specifics of the Italian language. Uh, it's a wonderful place. If I were even now to improve my Italian, I would go to your material and work on it. So yeah. let me ask you, first of all, how did you get started in this, this project of helping people learn Italian? Okay, yeah. So I was, I have been a language learner myself for a long time. Although in recent times, I haven't really focused that much on languages because with the project, I've been focusing on that more. But I was learning languages inspired by you actually and other people luca and other great oh yeah polyglot content Absolutely. creators yeah. and uh, and and i was using these resources for other languages like the one i'm 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 making for um you know intermediate learners even for beginners and i thought i should do something like this for italian that's how many people get started actually they they want to do something similar to what they use themselves and and that's mm -hmm. how I started out in, I think it was 2016 as a podcast, hence the name. I also have a mm -hmm. podcast that's still active now. It's It's been a little bit less active in recent times, but it, it's still there. And I want to go back to publishing there as well a little bit more often. And then I opened mm -hmm. up uh, the, the YouTube channel later, uh, where I mm -hmm. also have a lot of content, as you've shown, I think. So, mm -hmm. so yeah, that's mm -hmm. uh, the short story. You know, I should I should mention that we did a survey recently uh, on Link. What languages people are are learning? Italian is surprisingly high. It uh, is. You know, right now it's it's you know people talk about Chinese or Korean or or other languages like that. But uh, obviously Spanish is is I guess maybe because of the influence of North America or something. Spanish is is typically uh, you know right at the top of the list. French, maybe German, and it makes but sense. But Italian I mean, is right up there. Italian is yeah. Right Italian up there. doesn't make sense in in a way right. because it's like it's a yes. it's a smaller country. It's spoken. I mean, mm -hmm. it is technically spoken in Switzerland, San Marino, and but it's mostly mm -hmm. spoken in Italy. And um, and yeah, I mean, it's not a huge like there are not that many people going to Italy to like to work here. Although I. Actually, let me take that back because uh, there are a lot of people migrating to immigrating to Italy from other countries, from poorer countries mm -hmm. for economic reasons mm -hmm. and political reasons. Mm -hmm. And so obviously those mm -hmm. people have to learn Italian. Uh, I just tend not to think about them that much because they're maybe not necessarily my uh, average viewer. Uh, so your average viewer, what, what, what is the motivation? Why, uh, what yeah. pushes people, motivates people to learn Italian? Yeah, it's a mix of things. Uh, obviously, culture, the the culture of Italy, the the great uh, the power of attraction, of cultural attraction that uh, mm -hmm. Italy has, um, and we can get into that later. But there's there are also some. Right. There's another practical reasons that many people have, which is uh, citizenship. Um, mm -hmm. There was a, a lot of a lot of people emigrated from Italy. Um, mostly at the end of the 19th century and in the 20th century, the first mm -hmm. half. And so there are a lot of, you know, the Italian diaspora 
Um, there are a lot of Italians all over the world or descendants of Italians and, and those people can uh, get their uh, Italian citizenship if they, ha if they find an ancestor, an Italian ancestor, uh, and they mm -hmm. can uh, live in Italy or, and in Europe in the um, Schengen area and, uh, mm -hmm. and, and travel. And so that's a great advantage. Uh, I mean, people. Italy, hi historically, if you look at it, I mean, for a relatively small country, has had an outsized sort of influence on world history, which is true of other places, too. I mean, I'm becoming increasingly aware of the influence, for example, of Persian and Persian yeah. history. But the Italians, starting with Rome, which in a way was a continuation of Greek culture to some extent, although the language, of course, is quite different. And in that regard, I thought your uh, podcast or YouTube video on Dante was very interesting from so many uh -huh. points of view. First of all, I, I have to congratulate you on how clearly you speak Thank uh, you. at the right tempo. You don't speak too slowly. You don't speak too quickly. You enunciate clearly the, your, you know, that Italian intonation, which you talk about in one of your videos about how... Where the, the you know the emphasis in the sentence that syllable the first syllable is going to get you know lengthened and a whole bunch of stuff like that and of course you do that you're a model in my opinion of, Thank of the Italian language uh, but I thought the the um, uh, podcast or the, the YouTube video you did about Dante where he basically starts to use the 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 vulgar not the vulgar language vulgar in the sense of the common language instead yeah. of Latin. And, and anyway, go on, maybe explain a little bit about the influence and the importance of Dante that you touched on in that, uh, in that YouTube video. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, as I said, uh, there's this phrase that, that gets thrown around a lot of Dante being the, the father of the Italian language. Now, I have to say, mm -hmm. not everybody agrees with that statement. Mm -hmm. uh, even in academia, not everybody agrees with that. But still, uh, it's safe to say that Dante had was instrumental to Italian becoming uh, the national language of, of Italy, even long before Italy was a unified country, uh, mm -hmm. politically speaking. So, uh, yeah, as I said, Dante was one of the first um, writers in, in Italy who was writing in the, the vernacular language, as well as Latin. Mm -hmm. He was still using Latin a lot, but he, he was also experimenting with Italian. Actually, the first people who did that were the Sicilians, uh, right. the, the Sicilian poets, and then came the but that, Tuscan. But that leads me to a question, that leads me to a question, because you say that in, in your video, uh -huh. uh, and you say that Dante unified Italy through the power of his language, rather than, you know, by the sword, okay? Yeah. So the question is then, how did he do that? How did, why is it? Like, it wasn't through force of arms. Why did Tuscan, the Tuscan language as developed by Dante, rather than the Sicilian or, or uh, I don't know, what other possible, you know, vernaculars, how did that happen that the Tuscan language dominated? Well, I guess because the Tuscan literature was so influential everywhere in Italy. It was among the first, as I said, maybe it wasn't the, the, the first, uh, but it was among the first examples of, of literature, uh, literatures in uh, vulgar languages in Italy, mm -hmm. in a vulgar language. Mm -hmm. And it was the most influential uh, because of how... Just think of the fact that we had three authors like Dante, Petrarca, and Boccaccio. 
mm -hmm. all you know being born very close to each other in the span of i think it was less than a hundred years or mm -hmm. even less maybe so uh it was maybe was it, there was even a little bit of a like it was even a coincidence in a way but uh, a lot of great writers were born in in tuscany and, and that led to tuscan and florentine becoming the the most influential literary literary language in italy and uh, not the only one, but, you know, uh, the one that mostly I, I, by the 16th century uh, became the accepted, uh, mm -hmm. you know, uh, literary and um, sort of the lingua franca of, of the elite in, in cultural mm -hmm. elites in Italy. Of course, one of the one attractions of Italy is, is the strength of all the sort of regional historical background napoli or or uh, i don't know milano and, and venezia yeah, which yeah, was yeah, off yeah. by of itself and and uh, various types of foreign domination at different times of, of italy's history so there's a lot of variety there mm -hmm. uh and of course beautiful cities and so forth another thing you do in your channel which i think is great is you teach people how to improve their italian and maybe you could summarize the, the, the video you did on the stress and the, the syllable stress and the stress, the intonation in the sentence. I thought that was very interesting. The you remember so Casa? You, yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the one with the tips on how to sound more Italian. Yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that's an interesting one. So um, uh, what did I talk about in the video? I talked about La Casa, yeah, for instance, what you right. mentioned. So like in Spanish, a word like Casa, has a very short, right. stressed first ah, casa. While right. in Italian, and this makes Italian sound the way it does, we tend to make that ah, make that stressed vowel longer, so it's casa. Right. Vado a casa. Right. In Spanish, you went voy a right. casa, or voy estoy en casa. Ta 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 ta. In Italian, you would say right. vado a casa. So you elongate right. those vowels more, and that's that makes you sound more but, Italian. But you made the point that, that depend like, Vado a casa, but vado a casa mia. So depending exactly. on the stress in oggi, like wherever the stress is, that that's where that happens. So it, yeah, it's not automatic that every time you see casa, it's gonna, the stress is going to be the same. Yeah, no, no, exactly. So it's usually the last word in a sentence, but it also depends on where the, the emphasis is. So vado a casa mia. Right. Um, right. But if you say il mio amico instead of right. il mio amico, il mio amico, so my right. friend. So in right. that case, you elongate the E in mio. That's a little bit technical, mm -hmm. but yeah, it's uh, uh, so, that's interesting. So how does, one, how does one acquire that? Does one acquire that by just doing a lot of listening and being attentive to the language? Or is it necessary to have that pointed out? Or I guess it depends on the individual. Yeah, I think it depends. And I think it's mm -hmm. a, it's a mix of the of, of both actually. Um, mm -hmm. You know, of course, you have to do a lot of listening as we as you as you you know teach and mm -hmm. on your channel. But I think it, it helps to have people point things out that you might mm -hmm. not necessarily notice. And uh, right. yeah, I don't know. What do you think? Do you think? I think, well, you know, I always quote this uh, lady who ran the San Diego State University Language Department who said there's only three things that matter in language learning. Uh, the attitude of the learner, the time you spend with the language. So not right. reading a grammar book in your own language, but actually with the language, reading, speaking, listening, whatever. And the third thing is the ability to notice. 
And I think to some extent, the ability to notice develops if you put enough time into it, if you have a, an attitude that you want to notice, but some people just don't notice. The question yes. is, even those people who don't notice, even if you point it out, it doesn't mean they're going to be able to do it. Yeah. So it, it's kind of a mixture. It's, it's sometimes it helps. I, I wouldn't say it doesn't help. It's like in Russian, the unaccentuated O becomes an A. Some people don't notice that. You point it out. It right. doesn't mean they're going to they're going to do it. So I, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, yeah. Another area where I thought we it was interesting. You showed those circles of. You know, there's this whole issue of how many words do you need? How do you activate your vocabulary? And you had one person on there who was very much into, you know, every time you learn a word, write it out, use it, which I'm not a big fan of because it's, it's going to limit your vocabulary. So uh -huh. there's always this issue of how much focus on the bits and pieces, the details versus how much of the language are you going to bring into you? Uh, and I think you have to strike a balance. Uh, and you pointed out too that you have this sort of larger circle of words that you know and a very small number of words that you're comfortable using. Uh, at some point you have to expand that and you do that by speaking more and you shouldn't be afraid of speaking. But at the same time, if you have a very small, larger circle, you'll never have much comprehension. You'll never have, you know, words that you can eventually use to increase your active vocabulary. So there's this constant push and pull between how much input and how much you actually have to use what you've learned. Yeah. Where do you, where do you see all of this? I mean, um, I'm a massive fan of, uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of massive input, uh, mm -hmm. and I've been, you know, influenced by, by you on this. And I think you, you absolutely need to immerse yourself as much as possible in the language. Um, mm -hmm. but you know, there are a lot of people who just do that and then they, they don't speak very much and they don't speak well, right. even if they're, right. in, you know, if they don't have an, if they understand everything perfectly. So, mm -hmm. uh, you really have to speak a lot and, and, and write if you want to do those two things. Well, it's, it's not going to be automatic, although of course, listening and, and reading is going to help, but it's, there's not a, an automatic influence on how you speak and how you produce the language. Um, I think. You eventually have to speak. There's no question. And eventually yeah. you have to speak a lot. Uh, and, and I would say that, um, yeah, as someone who wants to learn to speak, and I think Italian, any language, it's fun to speak the language. You know, it's fun to, to you know, imitate the intonation of the native speaker as, as close as you can get to it. And, yeah. um, there's a almost like that's the game. That's what's fun to do. So I agree with you that some people are reluctant to do that. It's a little more difficult. You've got to set up a, a meeting or online or face to face. So it's more difficult. It's easy just to turn on your MP3 player. And yeah, listen it's, it's and, almost too yeah. easy to consume content. Too these easy. Days. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's so easy. I that, agree. Like it's it's uh, it's what you do by default. Uh, mm -hmm. But yeah, you, you, you have to speak. And, and I, Right. And, and I think the joy of expanding your vocabulary is that there's so much good material in Italian. Oh, and, and you also yeah. had one, uh, a video on you talked about the importance of reading. And I totally agree with that. I mean, reading is, is absolutely essential. That's where you expand that vocabulary base, the, the, the passive, the potential words that eventually might be added to your active mix. Um, but there's so much good material in Italian available. Yeah, yeah. When you go to Italy, um, how widespread is English? So if you're an, a person right. that would like to visit Italy, to visit Rome or Florence or whatever, 
um, or even, uh, I don't know, Bari or Sicily. I mean, there's so many wonderful places to visit in Italy. How widespread is, is English? To what extent can you survive with just English? To what extent is your experience in Italy going to be richer yeah. by being able to speak Italian? I think it's going to be a lot richer. And obviously, like, knowledge of English really depends on the city, I believe. Also, mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm if I'm the right person to ask because I'm not going to speak English to other Italians, but I think it really right. depends. If you go to Florence or Rome or Milan, it might be easier to 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 get by speaking English. Uh, mm -hmm. But if you go to even Bari or other other places, smaller cities, smaller towns, um, it's going to be near impossible to to. Uh, to use English, especially if you go to, uh, I don't know, small borghi. We have this, th these mm -hmm. borghi, uh, these small, very small towns or villages, I guess you could call them villages in English, which are beautiful in, mm -hmm. in Italy. I think they're worth a visit. Um, mm -hmm. And if you want to communicate there, you're not going to be finding English very useful. So. Uh, I think it's definitely making the experience a lot richer. And in general, I would mm -hmm. say we're not that good in English. Right. Uh, you know, we're probably a little bit better than the than the Spanish, than Spanish people. <laughs> and uh, if yeah. I had to say, or at least we try harder, but mm. still we're probably in the in the bottom countries when it comes to English proficiency in the European Union. So. Still mm -hmm. not that good. Behind the behind the Portuguese who aren't too bad in English. No, the Portuguese are, are incredible. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a matter of uh, we, we haven't but, but had I was that much in English speaking uh, films and movies and all that, and uh, mm -hmm. we have everything dubbed in Italian, and so I think that played a, a role. And you know, one of the big attractions of Italy is food. Yeah. And uh, particularly in a smaller town, but I can remember being in, um, I can't remember whether it was Bologna or, or where I was, yeah. but, or Parma, and in a lovely restaurant. And it, without Italian, you know, uh, you couldn't order and you couldn't engage the, the mama who was r running the place in sort of chit chat right. back and forth. And even in the smaller towns, that's going to be even more the case. So for anyone wanting to explore Italy and explore the food and explore the countryside, uh, having Italian is, is such a big advantage. And uh, yeah, yeah and it just I makes think experience I ahead, a lot sorry. more authentic and genuine and fun. So yeah, mm -hmm. I, I totally agree. And I, I heartily recommend your channel. Uh, as I say, because of how clearly you speak, how pleasant it is to listen to your Italian and the range of content you have from yeah. history to the language itself to how to learn and lots yeah. of different things. So uh, and, and I, I, I also found have one the of podcasts if I can promote my, my own podcast. Please, as go I ahead. Said, so Please go you ahead. have a lot of yes. lot of content on, on the podcast as well. Um, uh, and you provide and... transcriptions, don't you, for your yeah, podcast? Yeah, I do. I do. Uh -huh. So anyone who listens to your podcast or your videos, which has subtitles in Italian, both of those can be imported into Link uh, for exactly. your own use. We, we have one item in there that, that is shared in our library, but nothing prevents our members from uh, subscribing to your podcast or to your YouTube channel and then importing those into Link as lessons. And uh, I can't think of a better way uh, to work on Italian. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've used Link a lot myself in the past. I've learned mm -hmm. Russian with Link. 
Um, and wow. I use it for for French. I think I use it for French. Yes, it's a great platform. I always recommend it to people. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, if 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 you like this immersion based learning, I think uh, you're gonna love it. So. It's a wonderful world we live in where there's so much content available now in, in Italian or in Russian or in French or, or other mm -hmm. languages yeah. and different ways of accessing this content. So uh, language learners today are very fortunate. So with that, I mean, we could go on forever. I want to get back to your channel and do some more Italian. Uh, but thank you for dropping by. And uh, I will leave links, obviously, in the description box. Thank you. To your, uh, to your uh, podcast and to your uh, YouTube channel. Great. Gracias, Mila. Uh, people who enjoyed... Uh, <laughs> how do you say? <laughs> De nada. How do you say? Di prego. Di nulla, prego. Non c'è okay. di che. <laughs> non c'è di che. Non c'è di che. Um, and uh, people who enjoy these videos, please, uh, 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 you know, subscribe. Click on the bell for notifications. And if you follow me on a podcast, please leave a comment. I do appreciate it. So thank, thank you very you. much, Davide. Thank you very much, Steve. Bye -bye. It was a pleasure. Bye.